And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart. Got a nice shirt on, fam. You, uh. but he completely wipes that away with that trashy Phillies hat on. Good evening, sir. How are we doing? Oh, I thought you were going to say my trashy list, and I was about to light you up. But I, I guess we have time for that. No, on, I didn't uh, go there. The I didn't. I did not go there yet. I did not go Whoa. there yet. What beef do you have with Philly, by the way? What you're a Yankees fan. What what beef do you have with the with the Phillies? Do you not know the history of baseball? I understand the history of baseball, but it, they're not historic rivals. Not they're, really, but Philly New York and suck. Philadelphia is. Oh, well, they just mock true. everything that they just really mock everything that the Yankees try to do. That's that's fair. I mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that you should have more beef with the Mets. I just don't understand how you're a Phillies fan when you're from Jersey. It's I've explained this a million times, not on this show, but every time somebody asks me this, it's everyone has that one team that when they were twelve that they picked and now that they're older we're stuck with that team i am not a hack and i've already changed too many teams for other sports i'm not going to do it again for baseball. oh so you're a team flopper i've only done it once i've only done it once and i you did it I've all, you basketball. literally just said i've done it so many times once is too many times i did it for basketball i used to be a knicks fan now i'm a clippers fan that was the one time that i did it and now the clippers suck yeah pretty much i'm bad luck i'm very much bad luck Blake. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not what we're here for. We're here to yeah. talk some college football, some big news coming in reference to the playoff. Um, Joe, we've already talked about this, but the dates are finalized from the NC or not even the NCAA, but the playoff committee. Mm. Uh, some of them I don't hate. I don't hate that you're playing on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I don't really hate that you're playing one game on a Friday, which isn't going to be the SEC, I might add. They're not going to put the SEC or Big Ten on a Friday. More than likely, it will be the Rudy Pooh Pac-12 on a Friday, which I don't mind necessarily because they've always played that game. But once you get past the quarterfinals, everything is just... Yeah, the scheduling is really odd. And I, I, you highlighted before we hopped on here, that there's some advantages and some disadvantages for the placement of some of these games. But there's aspects of this I don't hate, though. And I know that we're going to get into it. I don't want to spend too much time talking about uh, before we get to the ad break. But I don't mind aspects of it. It just feels so damn weird having weeknight games and then on top of that, these Friday night games. I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of fighting over one. If there's a good team with a good fan base that gets put in one of those bad slots – I think that that is going to be a catalyst for a lot of complaining amongst the presidents and athletic directors. Well, let me just throw this out here now, okay? If you're going to expand the playoff, it is easier for me as a fan. So, as the, like the NFL, okay, mm-hmm. the only remote game that they have is where, okay? The Super Bowl, okay? Right. So, just want to make it well known before we talk about this, Joe, there's a potential for a team like any team. I'm not saying that I won't do this, okay? But if LSU or Notre Dame has to play three road games, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm not going to them. I'm not going to all (laughs) of them. You get what what I'm saying here. Like, I I do think it's a little much for the fans. Yeah. So I I just want to make it well known – uh, where I sit on that. But, Joe, we get back to the list. We've been 
uh, not been able to do it because so much news is happening, like Tommy Reese and 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 Tyler Buckner and all that kind of stuff. And the draft and the draft. Um, we're going to get back to our list here tonight. We're going to talk about top ten quarterbacks. I will admit, you've already been getting ripped alive on Twitter uh, about uh, one of your. Yeah, people are pretty pissed at you. I don't. I thought I was very all right. Very so glad you said that. We had this text line into my other show. Okay, uh-huh. guy text in. Yeah. His name is William, and William says this. He says, Mr. Blake, he doesn't call me Mr., but he says, Blake, I didn't want to say this in public unless you say it's okay, but I just show, saw Joe DeLeon's top 10 quarterback list. He must be the biggest idiot of all time putting Bo Nix number three. Stop. That's what he said? That's Come exactly on. Can we be a little nice said. about it? See, again, again, this is my point that some people were very – we had a nice discourse, a nice back and forth, and a good conversation. Why are we going to go around calling people idiots? I mean, he said it, not me. I know. I'm responding to him. Yeah, William, why you got to be such a tool bag? <laughs> I'm just joking. Right. Only you can call me an idiot, Blake. No one on Twitter. Uh, true. All right. Maybe I'll call you that one one tonight. Who knows? All yeah. right. But we do have a lot of the same people on, on our list, so I don't think that we're going to disagree. I think we'll just disagree on order uh, and who we think's better. But let's do this, Joe. We do got a lot to get into. Who are the best quarterbacks in college football going into the season? I think it's a big deal. Some quarterbacks, I think, are, are trending. We had this conversation today, and I'm going to mention this in my in my thing. I'm not so I'm not so sure, Joe, that I don't put Drake May ahead of Caleb Williams. Okay, we'll we'll talk on some of the order stuff. I'm going to okay. use your line of thinking when I do that. Okay. I just, Caleb Williams sometimes pause but rubs me the wrong way hashtag deshaun watson so we it is may and you're making rub jokes okay (laughs) look i didn't go to massage Uh, callers like robert Kraft and get tugged on that's that's a that's a fair point that's a good that's a good point just just throwing that out i didn't i I am not an 80 year old man going to massage parlors I mean, okay. there's a reason why I, I, I love doing this show is that those comments make it into the show. That's that's all that's all I'm saying here. Hey, man, I'm just an open book. I'm a peacock. <laughs> you got to let me fly. All right, so we got a lot to get into. A lot of big quarterbacks, Joe, that I think are climbing up this list. I think you have a couple of them on there. I was a, I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you where you placed Jane Daniels. I, I do think – I do think that Jordan Travis is a little – too low, okay? okay. But there is one quarterback that you left off that I think because of a new OC that's in his building, it's going to skyrocket. Where I do think that there is one quarterback that you don't have on your list that I do think is descending. We get into all that, but before we do that, Joe, let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. Guys, I'm telling you, golf, tennis, pickleball, pickleball, whatever they're, whatever you kids are doing, they have it on BetOnline.ag. So do us a favor, share the show. Share it to all those groups. Share it. Oh, we had like 3,000, 4,000 views on our last show on Facebook. Facebook, you're killing it for us, baby. Share it to your own YouTube to catch up. Yeah, and listen, we're we're one subscriber away from 666. I will unsubscribe and then resubscribe. I am not having 666 subscribers. I'm just letting you know that right now. Okay. Oh, you're right. We are. Uh-oh. We're very close. We're getting close to the thousand. So everybody do us a favor. If you're on Facebook, share the group, share your own social media pages, subscribe on YouTube, 
And Joe, we have some big news. We talked about TV, but shout out to our good partners over at Westwood One. Uh, they're going to be doing a lot for us, so shout out to them. Mm-hmm. You can clip it. Thank you so much. Nam this day. Welcome to the team. We're going to skyrocket, baby. Here we come. So anyway, all right. You ready, Joe? You ready? You ready to get your list absolutely obliterated? Oh, let's do it. Okay, well, we're back in 40 seconds to find out. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! It's interesting. Because all I used to hear from you is about Quinn Ewers having traits, and he's not even on your top ten. I didn't put him on the list, and you still find a way to bring him up. I, he's not on the list. He's not on the list, Blake. So we're not going to talk about Quinn Ewers. Okay, we're not I'm doing it. <laughs> You've come on this show, and you talk. Quinn Ewers has traits. What his mullet? He uses a good conditioner. What is this? What is he using Pantene Pro V? I mean, what's he doing his out here? Traits are his arm, obviously, and he has. When he was coming out, I know that you're going to get so pissed. At me he was coming this. out. Way to go, Joe. When he came out of high school, okay. When he graduated high school and entered college football and reclassified, he has been described as one of the closest things to Patrick Mahomes coming into the college game. Now, he has not lived up to that, but he has the capability and the ceiling to get there. He's not on the damn list, though, so we're not doing this. Okay. All right, if you say so. If okay. you say so. All right. Okay. So, look, let's go to yours first. All right. All right, so we ranked, just so p- people didn't see it, today on Twitter, we we published this. We ranked our top 10 quarterbacks. Let's go with Joe DeLeon's first. Uh, Joe, you want to r- list off your top 10 quarterbacks in order? Yes, and I, I want to, as I was explaining to you before, there's almost a tier system to this where the top tier is Caleb Williams and Drake May, and I don't think anyone is going to ever debate that I those agree. guys will be the top two. After that, we have this grouping that where I think you can rearrange and everybody is very, very close. Bo Nix at number three, Sam Hartman at number four, Jane Daniels at number five, Michael Penix at number six, Jordan Travis at number seven. And then my last group, my last tier is just extra guys I want to include on the list. I think two of these guys are high upside with expectations that they take the next step this upcoming year. And then one guy who's just statistically fantastic with Cade Klubnick at eight, uh, with J.J. McCarthy at nine, and then Austin Reed from Western Kentucky at 10. I had to get one guy in here that wasn't power five because there's some great. Uh, Of course, because you're a sympathizer. You're I'm, not a symp- I'm not a sympathizer because there are some really talented players that aren't in the Power Five and some guys that decide to stick. And Austin Reed had interest from SEC programs, so let's act like the guy's not good enough to have been competing with guys at that level. I do think that Austin Reed, if you listen to guys like, you know, Schefter, and, and, and like he could climb into the top 
two rounds of the draft. I don't, I'm not going to rip you alive on Austin Reed. Let me start off here where I vehemently disagree with you. Okay. Bo knows does not include Bo Nix. Okay. Joe, you have him way too high, way, way too high. Now, I have him at number seven. I do think that he progressed a lot last year. If he can make an, have another year of that type of progression, I agree he deserves to be in the top ten. Joe at three. You have, I mean, I could name a handful mm-hmm. like Sam Hartman, Jordan Travis, Jane Daniels, Michael Penix Jr. are all better than him. Okay, I don't think that you. Don't fight semantics with me on Michael Penix Jr. for just a minute. Okay. The, man, the man can do some really special things. We see what he does when he scamble, uh, scrambles away from pressures. We've seen him do some special things. We saw him beat Bama as a freshman. But, Joe, when he's faced tougher competition, every time he's faltered, every time he's failed, there's not – Joe, do you want to know the top 10 teams that he's beaten and his top 10 or his record versus top 10 teams? Okay. What is it? He's like one and nine. He underperforms vastly against better opponents. Here's another thing. You had him above Jane Daniels. Now you're going to say I'm a homer with this. You are a homer. Okay. Well, let me throw this out to you. Jane Daniels threw for 207 yards in the first half on Georgia, and Bo Nix didn't hit 100 at all. At all, almost went over 100. Okay. Don't say that LSU had all their ducks in order because they didn't. There they is context didn't. for everything. There's what, context week for one everything. when you're rolling out an entire new defensive back room? Joe, they had four it's, new It's starters. week one going up against a team that just won a national championship that has a far they, more superior roster. they lost 15 dudes to the draft. I'm – okay, but we know very well that for Georgia losing 15 players to the draft is different than any other team in the country losing 15 defensive players to the draft. It's very different. Joe, they lost 10. They lost Georgia? 10 – Yes. Ten of those players came on defense. And, and again, that is different for Georgia than it is for other programs because the guys filling in, we all spoke on a bunch of those backups and belief that those backups were talented some, than some of the guys that went in the first round. That included a bunch of guys that just went in the first round this this past year. I don't think that's very fair. Okay. John, I don't he think- went 21 of 37 for 173 yards and two picks against Georgia. That is Bo Nick. What has Bo okay. Nick done against top tier opponents that does makes him deserve that he should be number three? I know what he did against North Carolina in their bowl game. He fought their way back and they won. They won twenty eight to twenty seven in their bowl game against North oh. Carolina. A guy oh. on here that is number two on both of our lists. Yeah, but that's it's it's different though. It's different. Okay. Name a receiver outside of downs and any skill position or offensive lineman that really helped Drake May. All right, fair. I don't also like the the using his opponent's argument because then we have to then pull Jordan Travis further down. That was why I placed no, Jordan Travis. No, Jordan Travis no. didn't beat any of the ranked teams that they played against. He beat the SEC West champion. In, in LSU, yes. In LSU. 
So before they you lost to Wake Forest, they say, lost to NC State, and they lost to Clemson. On the road. On the road, I might add. Those are still three important games that you have to win in order to set yourself up to win your division. Those are critical, very, very important games. They lost those games, and those were not his best performances. That LSU game a hell of a was great. LSU. He absolutely did. I don't think that, that I have enough consistency. Look, the reason why I have Bonix to get back here, because I think we're going to go back and forth on a lot of these guys. I placed Bonix where he did. A lot of it came down to the production that he had last year. He has the most rushing touchdowns out of any of these guys out of, with 14. He, was, he threw for over 3,500 yards, 29 touchdowns, and only seven interceptions. I understand the concern of his performance against some of the best teams that he's played. That Georgia game is an outlier. His career at Auburn, I'm, I hate to say this, and you're not going to like this, I'm throwing that in the trash. I can't use you that. Can't, you can't. But I can't use that as evidence of what he is capable of doing because he was in such a horrible, horrible situation with Brian Harson. That whole program was a dumpster fire. Yeah, he but he wasn't his, there with Brian Harson, but only a year, though. I have watched Bo Nix do some – Pretty great things, what he did against Washington State to climb back. Against Washington, he got hurt and tried to fight through it, and he couldn't. There were a lot of injuries and things that I think hindered Bo Nix at the end of the season at a stretch where he was considered for the Heisman. Some people wanted him to be in the Heisman. If Oregon won out, he would have absolutely have been up there. But they didn't. Because he got hurt. He got hurt at the end of the season. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He He got hurt against Washington. He was banged up the rest of the season. He got hurt against Oregon State. I would assume so because those games were pretty close to one another. No, he got his cheeks clapped. He was banged up in that game. I'm making an so, assumption so it, there. No, so was Jane Daniels. Again, if we're going to put this Georgia thing on there, so was Jane Daniels. He had a high ankle sprain and threw for 207 against the national champion. All right. I'm not disparaging Jane Daniels, and I know I think let's – not to go too far down that line, but that, again, those are my thoughts on Bo Nix. I, I feel as though everybody loves to knock him because it it's one of those things yes, where – and I not. Santa Claus is coming. I will always bring this up because I think it's a really interesting psychological angle to, to, to analyzing players that oftentimes our perception can be manipulated for a player that has a horrible start to their career. Same thing goes for coaches. It's what we talked about with Bill O'Brien. Our perception of Bill O'Brien – is negative because of how bad no, things turned out. Yours did. Not mine. No, it's not. I'm saying that the public perception, everybody in the oh, same thing with Bo Nix. The public perception is bad because of what they did from the jump wasn't good. There was a yeah, lack of that, positive results. It's different because Billy scored average, his offense averaged 40 points a season in the SEC. That's not created equally. It. I would argue that what Bo Nix did last year was fantastic with some limitations and battling through. 49-3. to three. One bad game. I'm. I really it's think that they're going to do damage. Game, Joe. I also think that there is some projection to these lists. So I should have said this earlier when I was reading my list. Part of this is projecting what I think is going to happen at the end of the year, and also who I know are the best players in this position okay. group. Here's my top ten. You ready to, right. to pick me apart? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So number one, Caleb Williams. Let me start right there. I'm. I, I think that you could put Drake May at number one, and I'd be completely fine with that. Number three, okay. Michael Penix, which I know you're going to go to first. Jane Daniels, Jordan Travis, Sam Hartman, Bo Nix, KJ Jefferson, Kay Klubnick, and tied at 10, uh, Dylan Gabriel and JJ McCarthy. Let's hear it. 
I, I don't want to go to Michael Penix first because like I really don't have them. That was what I was trying to get at earlier is that that middle grouping and think we can shuffle these players around. Dylan Gabriel doesn't belong in this, this list, Blake. I, I'm sorry. Dylan Gabriel is one of the more overrated players when he was in the portal. He was a very overrated football player. I, I, don't, I think he's fine. I think he's a very average college quarterback. He was fine at UCF. He was fine last year at Oklahoma. But just as they were 6-6, six and six, he was very slightly above average. And I understand that he was battling through some injuries, but my expectations for Dylan Gabriel are not as high as I think as most people's. Here's why I put Dylan Gabriel in the top 10, okay? Mm -hmm. Because with all the chaos around them, when, when he went out for Oklahoma, they got blanked by Texas, okay? When he went out, and I'm, I'm not talking about him as a prospect. I'm just talking about guys yeah. right now, okay? Yeah. When he was out, they went on a four or five game losing streak. When he came back, they didn't lose. I think that there's something to be said for a guy at quarterback when you come back and your team doesn't lose and isn't losing. Let, let's call it what it is. I went back, and when we were doing this list a couple days ago when we know we were making it, I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I really don't want to put Dylan Gabriel in here, but let me just go back and watch that Florida State game. Joe, he lit a good Florida State team alive. A really good team. Florida State team alive. Prospect, no. Will he go to the next level and be good? No. Is he just – it? You, you know, like, do you ever just, like, watch a dude play college football or college baseball and you just say, man, that's just a guy – he's just a really good college player. I, that's how I feel. You could take him out for all I care. Yeah. But so when I went back and watched him play against Florida State, I was just like, you know what, man, this dude – you mean to tell me that they went five and one as him as a starter, or five and two as him as a starter, whatever it was, and then when they when he's out, they start getting their teeth kicked in. That when you talk about most valuable player, right? The NBA mm -hmm. just named theirs last night. It was Joel Embiid. If you missed it, that is a value that I think that we miss sometimes. Okay. It's when a dude is in there, he threw for 3,300 yards. He threw for 25 touchdowns. He ran for six touchdowns, all on a bum leg and a bum arm. I just think he's solid. If you want to kick him out, Joe, I'm okay with that. But I just – I kind of have a little bit of a soft spot when the guy's in there and they keep winning. I, I would agree. So, like, that's where I'm coming from here. This is what I said is that I think he's solid, not – in the top echelon in the top 10 of quarterbacks in college football. He probably would fit somewhere in the top 25 if, if we were to flesh out this list. But again, I think he's fine. I just feel as though Dylan Gabriel, since his time at UCF and then this transition to where he almost went to UCLA and then he ends up going to Oklahoma, that there has been this inflation on expectation of what he's capable of doing. And I actually, I, I think you're going to hate this point. I would argue that their lack of success with him off the field is less telling of who he is as a player and just more telling on how terrible the depth is at the quarterback position at Oklahoma. They don't well, have it. And, and I think, see, I look at that in a different purview because I feel, I feel the opposite with that where you, where you say, and you talk about the talent that's around him, he mm -hmm. elevated those dudes around him. Right, like it's the LeBron factor in a sense. Well, and also you got like Marvin Mims to throw to, and Eric Gray, yeah, who were former yeah, five I, stars. I, I get that, but so did everybody else on that team. 
Everybody else had dudes on that team too now. Yeah, I I I just I look at Joe, should they have been blanked by Texas? Losing's one thing. Should they have been blanked? No. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know if Dylan Gabriel makes that game significant. No, closer. you know, and I know crazy, that he's crazy stuff happens in rivalry games. So, yeah, like a little bit blow, of momentum, not blowouts like that. Not when teams are supposed to be even across the board. And they, and for what it's worth, they are somewhat Texas even. Had a, Texas has a, had a better roster than Oklahoma last year. Oh, I agree with that. But the the record doesn't lie, though. They're they're a win away from damn near being equal. That's it, look. It's a fair point, and again, I understand. I understand why you're putting them on here. I, I like. I don't disagree. I just I feel as though that the the general consensus on him has been very high. And by the way, I didn't rank any of these guys from a prospect angle. I had some people quote tweet it thinking it was from a prospect angle. <laughs> I saw, but because uh, everyone's used to me babbling on about prospects, but. Uh, like, even as a prospect, I think Dylan Gabriel has been propped up as this kind of sleeper player. By the way, can we please just one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning? I am really glad that neither of us put Spencer Rattler on here because Spencer Rattler continues to be the most overrated player in all of college football. Uh, Every so time he, me, he does one little you. thing, I, one I, little thing I, he's overhyped. Well, I did want to, you know, when I texted this to you. To stir the I, pot. Just to stir the pot. I kind of wanted to stir the pot and put him in there just to piss you off a little bit. But I was like, you know what? I really don't have the energy right now to, to get you all riled up at seven o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> let me, let me make this point because look, Joe, both yep. of us, as you see your list here and everybody listening to us on the audio podcast, uh, I'm not going to read it off again. And then mine, we both have the, the top two, the same. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I'm okay. Personally. Okay, let me let me say this, and this might be a bigger part of, of of this. I I told you this today. I'm okay with you putting Drake May at one over Caleb Williams to me. I will go a little uh, drafty here. Mm-hmm. I just don't. You know, we, I I made the joke of this rubbing me the wrong way. The nail thing really does rub me the wrong way when it comes to. When it comes to Caleb Williams, I know that it's petty. Blake, you're being petty. Get over it. Move on. I get that. I need to see him be a leader. When you talk about quarterbacks, okay, I think that Drake may, for me, if I had to pick, would I say flip a coin? Yes. Mm -hmm. But if you told me that we're selecting, you know, like this happened. And you told me that I got Drake May instead of Caleb Williams. I got to be honest. I'm okay with that. I am perfectly okay with that. I think he's the best prospect in the NFL draft. I think teams are going to fall in love with him. That's just my opinion. I don't know how you feel on Drake. And look, let me just say this so I don't get absolutely obliterated here. I like Caleb Williams as a prospect. I think he's a fantastic quarterback. He deserves to be number one because he's the Heisman Trophy winner. We both put him yes. at number one, okay? Yes. You can't argue that. Right. But, okay, the biggest the biggest snub of last year that nobody talked about was that Drake May was 10th in Heisman Trophy voting. Well, because he pooped his pants at the end of the season was why. Well, 
there comes contacts with that. He lost his left tackle. He lost his center. He lost yeah. his right guard. He lost his right tackle. He lost one of his running backs. He lost two receivers. So when you put the actual context around him, okay, come on now. I, I mean, come on. Like, there are things when you – like, I hate stat watchers, okay? Like, when someone – Oh, yes, yes. see the stats, okay? I'm with you on the stats. Give me the stats. I like the stats, too. But when I turned on his film, Joe, mm. and a ball ricochets, goes through his receiver's hands, hits the receiver in the helmet, and gets pick six, this is why I love Drake May. Guess who made the tackle? It's Drake May. And not a, he Andrew lucked that fool. He full on went WWE, WCW, Bill Goldberg, and speared that hoe. Honestly, that doesn't surprise me. But to your point, you're asking here about from this prospect He's angle. He's got burrow in him. He's got a little burrow in him that yeah, I like. Well, I was actually going to say, you know what I see these two guys as? I see it as you're either going to go with a slightly shorter Patrick Mahomes or oh, you're getting God. Andrew Luck. But that, but that's the, it's the, it's the one, no, 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 no. It is the only comp that works. It is the only time that it works. It's absolutely the only time that it works because what makes Patrick Mahomes annoying is that he can run around, he can evade pressure and he can make throws off platform that nobody else on the planet can do. That's exactly what Caleb Williams does. He is the most annoying player in college football in a good way. That is why that that comp only works. But I agree with you. We use that word way too damn much. But Caleb is the closest thing that we have ever seen to somebody doing that at the college level. And then eventually the NFL. I highly disagree with that. How? How? Well, Patrick's doing that in the NFL. And that's great. Good for you. Fantastic. Good for you. This is college football where Patrick Mahomes legitimately had a season of 50-something percent. He had a bazooka. He had a cannon. He was a good athlete, okay? Mm. I'm old enough to remember when Joe Burrow hit the juke stick 72 times on Georgia and made four first-round picks look like they were cottage cheese, okay, and look foolish. We've seen athletic quarterbacks. You know what? We've seen Cam Newtons. We've seen dudes that look like titans out there and and do some good things. We're fighting over semantics at this point. I do like this on your comp, though. The only thing that I do like, I get where you're coming from, right? Like, I get – you're talking about the style. You're not talking necessarily about the player, right? No, no, it's the style. It's the – the improvisational style is what I'm going for. It's it's you guys in the NFL who do that. I agree with you there. I'm not going to argue. Okay. Um, Wait, to continue this point, though, just to wrap this up. I, I am on that same page as you. I think that it's going to be a purely a, a form of pre, uh, preference here for the upcoming NFL draft. And I know that we're so far ahead of ourselves on this. I wouldn't be shocked just the same way that we overanalyzed Will Levis and NFL teams were turned off by the personality of Will Levis. Right. That that doesn't come into these interviews for Caleb Williams. Now, Caleb Williams. I, I agree is with really, that. I agree with really, that. He is light years ahead of, of Will Levis in terms of being a prospect. So some teams are going to say, you know what, he might be he might be really pretentious and really overly confident, but we're going to put up with that, and we kind of like that because he backs it up on the field. Very different than Will Levis. But I would not be shocked if some people don't say, we're putting Drake ahead of him just because that we feel, from a, a, a locker room perspective, this guy is going to show up day in and day out, and he's not going to be 
somebody who fights back and pushes back with the coaching staff if he doesn't like the direction of where the team is going. Well, and it also goes into fit, right? So as an example, like if Atlanta has the number one overall pick, they're going Drake May. Okay, I, I fully believe that. Yeah. Okay, if the Arizona Cardinals have the first pick, I really feel like they're going Caleb Williams. You know, like I, I, uh, I still don't think that they're going to take a quarterback. I still don't well, I mean, you hear some of the things. I, I mean, look, I like Kyler. I, I I'm a Kyler sympathizer. Okay, I'm sometimes mm. a, an apologist. Same time, you hear about stories that's going on in that locker room from some dudes. You know, like showing up late and saying, you know, he'd not given his offensive line gifts. Remember that? Remember he got roasted for that? He didn't give his offensive line gifts and every other quarterback in the country or in the NFL did. Or look, I don't know. That's just a story that gets published. I don't know if it's true or not true. Um, We'll see. All right. You're going to call me a homer on both of these. So I'm going to start off. I'm going to start off. Okay. Going Notre Dame. I think Sam Hartman on your list is trending up. And so is Jaden Daniels. We have them pretty much flip-flopped. Okay, I'm not going to get into Jordan Travis right now. We'll get to that maybe last. There are two quarterbacks to me that are on a collision course. I think both Jaden Daniels and Sam Hartman are on that same collision course when it comes to mm-hmm. guys that are trending up. You look at Sam Hart. We know what Sam Hartman did at Wake Forest. Okay, I think that he can come in and make that offense 10 times better than what it was a season ago. I also feel the same way about Jane Daniels for the first time in his career. Career. You heard that correct. Now, I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about career. Has the same play caller for back-to-back seasons. Look, I, 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 I have been on Jane Daniels for a while, got ridiculed by LSU fans for it, and, and that's okay. you got to be patient sometimes. And I think Sam Hartman comes into a situation where he does have some some athletes. It kind of fits his style a little bit. But Jay, I think Jaden has more weapons around him and why mm-hmm. I think he could at the end of this. Because, Joe, if he runs at the combine, you talk about traits. He's going to run a goofy time. He's going to run a goofy time, okay? And when you've seen teams in the SEC that cannot keep up with him, Joe – he, he was running away from dudes in the SEC. The SEC, that's somewhat unheard of, okay? I, I just like Jane Daniels a lot. Now, look, there's going to come a situation where I think that they could possibly, because of what Garrett Nussmeyer has done and what he did against Georgia, maybe mm-hmm. you see both young men. But I think Jane Daniels and Sam Hartman on a collision course to open, ultimately be that third prospect when we come uh, this time next year in the draft. Wait. You sure. say Sam Harmon? Yeah, Sam Hart. I think that Sam Harmon and Jane Daniels are on a collision course to where if they have really good seasons, that they can be that third guy that everybody talks about in the NFL draft. I don't agree with that point just because that I think that there are physically more talented players on this if list. And I think about, that Michael, if you're going to talk Penix, about Anthony Richardson, then you better give somebody that makes Anthony Richardson look like cottage cheese. Is Jane Daniels, 240 pounds. No, he's, he's even 200 pounds. Hey, is but, he for sure. Let me, 215? Let me ask you, let me ask you this. Does Anthony Richardson throw for 70% completion percentage? Does Anthony Richardson have the same type of receivers that 
Jane Daniels had. The yes, same Anthony coordinator. Works, you run a four, four, three, two, like Jane Daniels does. It's easier to run a four three two and you're fifty pounds oh, lighter. Oh, don't he's not fifty pounds lighter. You haven't seen four, he he was too you think that at, at two fifteen he's still running a four three two? Who? Jane Daniels. I don't know if he's running a four three two, but I think that he's a better overall runner at times. Joe, he outran him, he outthrew him, he's got a better completion percentage, he's got more touchdowns, he's got less interceptions. He's a winner. All right, I'm not going to do the – we're not going to do the Anthony Richardson, Jane Daniels Yeah, we're going to debate that right. until the wheels fall off. I would like to acknowledge the, the placement of these guys on this list, though. Sam Hartman, for me, I almost put him at three. And, look, I, he he makes his way on to, into here, into this conversation, because of the overall grand scheme of things. This is one of the better careers just from a college quarterback ever. Like, I, I'm not saying that he's in the top ten – but for what he has done in his career, it's significant to come from a, a lower-level program like Wake Forest to prop them up and lift them up as much as he did with so many roster limitations. There, a lot of credit needs to go to Sam Hartman for doing that. No one even touches him in his career statistics of throwing for almost 13,000 yards, 110 total touchdowns. The guy is very productive. I think he's an underrated athlete for who he is. I think some people just assume he's a, you know, a sit back and pick you apart in the pocket type of guy. He can move very well. His arm's not as big as some of these other guys. And I think if he does go somewhere in the upcoming draft, it's probably going to be in the second round as like a Derek Carr type guy that not the biggest arm, but just fits everything that you want as an eventual high-end backup or eventual takeover starter. Fighting for the third, third quarterback spot? No, just because like I feel like there's a lot of traitsy guys that are just going to get propped up. Like Quinn Ewers is going to get brought up. Uh, Bo Nix, Quinn Ewers isn't going Nix, into the draft. Sorry. Quinn Ewers isn't going into the draft. If he's not, if he's he's somehow, not going, if he somehow has a good year, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not brought up in that discussion. There's a more that, like, likelihood a for me that there's more of a likelihood to me that Quinn Ewers becomes a janitor than being a first round overall pick. All right, all right, all right, all right. Tell I think also I'm JJ. Wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I think Quinn Ewers could put it together. I'm not. I'm not throwing. The only thing that he can put together put together is Legos. Quinn didn't make the list, so we're not going to talk about Quinn. I just my my thoughts on Jaden Daniels, though, just to throw throw this in there. I think he's the best overall athlete in the group out of all the guys that we spoke on and that we've ranked here. He is the best overall athlete. He is certainly the best runner out of any of these guys, and he's got the statistics to back it up with 885 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. And I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't surpass that this upcoming season playing in an offense that Brian Kelly has notoriously produced very highly productive uh, athletic quarterbacks in. And, the, and I've said this multiple times on the show. Jane Daniels is the perfect, perfect quarterback for what Brian Kelly looks for that he has never had. So I think that him placing him there at five is a very realistic spot. And I do agree with you. There is a possibility for him to trend up. Some work needs to be done for him as a quarterback. But again, I agree with Red athlete. I think he's the best on the list. I agree with you. Just to move on because we're kind of getting close to time here. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> some guys we haven't mentioned, Jordan Travis, KJ Jefferson, K. Klubnik. Which one you want to tech, uh, go for first? I want to hit on KJ Jefferson really quick. Look, I, I'm not down on KJ Jefferson. I was actually a really big fan of KJ Jefferson as a draft prospect coming into the 2022 season. I, I need to see what happens with Dan Enos. I need to see what happens with their offensive line kind of being reshaped. 
I agree. I, I feel as though he's like number 11 for me. If, if I was to be completely and brutally honest, it's, it's kind of one of those things of what have you done for me lately? And he was banged up the whole year. So my, my thoughts on him are just pushed down slightly. Man, I don't think there's anything wrong here's with, the thing with me with KJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. I heard three years ago, the best quarterback in the SEC was KJ Jefferson. I heard that arguably the second best quarterback in the SEC coming into the last year, KJ Jefferson. Now I heard this year from people that cover the SEC that KJ's the best quarterback in the SEC. He is a great runner. He is, you know, the 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 uh uh um Great value version, Cam Newton. And I don't I, I don't think that that's a slight at him. I think that that's a, an advantage for him. Yeah. Okay. Joe, I just don't think he's a good quarterback. Like, overall quarterback at times, yes. The only reason that I have him in my top ten, okay, is due to the simple nature. When he's on, like when he's on, on, buddy, good luck. He's great. He is great. But the problem with KJ is his highs are really high and his lows are really low. His bad game isn't going 60% for 250, two touchdowns, an interception, and a rushing touchdown. His lows are like 13 of 30 for 107 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, no rushing touchdowns. Yeah. And they're throwing the ball a lot. I, I just I with I'm with you on the Danny Enos. I think that puts him down a little. I think he's trending down. How much more physical hits can he take? We'll see. I am willing to eat my words on him though, because if he gets rolling, watch out. Okay, like if he hits a moment when he hits that momentum train, he starts compiling some wins. For him, it's been shown that he gets a snowball effect. We'll see. I also think, and I'll have to ask you this, uh-huh. I think that that's what promotes Kay Klubnick sum up this list because his offensive coordinator is going to really make his life a lot better. Yeah, I had a lot of people that were trying to push back on me putting Kay Klubnick into this list, and I, I felt that it was necessary to put someone as a projection in here, and Kate is absolutely a projection. He is that. But he is a projection – that I really think is going to hit. He showed us some really special stuff for a true freshman for what he did to step in against North Carolina and the play the way that he did. Played fine in the bowl game, not great, but he played fine played in that bowl game. Decent in the, that ACC championship, though, and I think that's what everybody yeah. looks at. Right, but for him now to have the offensive coordinator that made Max Duggan into a Heisman finalist, and we could both sit here and agree. Max Duggan doesn't even come close to comparing to the talent level of what Cade Klubnick uh, brings to the No position. doubt. No question. The ceiling is through the roof to the point where I would argue by the end of the season, we would be having the discussion of if he is in that discussion for the, the upper echelon of him, Caleb Williams, and Drake May. I think that there's every capability yeah, and, of that happening. And Clemson has not had a quarterback Heisman Trophy winner, have they not? Did Deshaun not win it? 
Deshaun didn't win it. Trevor didn't win it. No, they haven't. They haven't had one. That's a good point. Interesting. Very. And their schedule stinks so much so that if if not they run more the table, Michael Penix Jr. and Caleb Williams is and Bo Nix is though. Well, no, because these guys play each other. The guys no. in the in the Pac-12 play each other. No, Where but if you take to, them you know, out for if you take them out for a minute. The Pac-12, again, we talked about this on the last show. Joe, I mean, the, the their draft numbers are they, – they suck now. That's fair. I'm wait, really quickly want to pull up the schedule. Um, for who? For Clemson. So they play Duke, Charleston Southern, Florida Atlantic, Florida State. That's a tough game. Syracuse, Wake Forest, Miami, NC State, Notre Dame. That's going to be a tough game. Georgia Tech. North Carolina, so there's a, and and then South Carolina. There's only three. Hard so they games got like three table. or four games where it's relatively tough. Yeah. Now do the pack. Oh, I'm going to pull up every single one of the pack no. twelve guys schedule, but the, you know what? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say they all end up playing each other, so that's what the difference is. You know who a guy that I thought you were going to have on your list that you didn't? Michael Pratt. Uh no, I I I wasn't surprised that you didn't put him on there. Okay. Cam Rising. Good. Dude, Cam Rising's fine. He, it's kind of like the Dylan Gabriel thing where it's like, he's fine. You know, he gets the job done. But do I think that he's clutch and a dominant player? No. No, I don't. Do I think that he has something tucked away that we haven't seen yet? No. Like, I know who he is. I know who Dylan Gabriel is. Which is why, like, I don't think that there's going to be much of a progression for either of those guys. Shout out to Utah, man. They they start the season off with Florida at home and then with Baylor. They're going the the, the I they mean might look, be looking at them differently early if they if they start if, off with those games yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. All right, we're gonna end this before our, this end this last quarterback before we get uh to the playoff stuff. Yep. Uh Jordan Travis. Thoughts? Look, I i mean, if you put up his statistics compared to the rest of these guys, it's not as exciting. 25 touchdowns, 3,200 yards, 400 rushing yards, seven touchdowns. Those are fine statistics. But for me, to suffer the losses that they did against Clemson, Wake Forest, and NC State, if, if he lost like one or two of those games, I could make the argument to move him up higher. I feel that we have gotten way too ahead of ourselves on Jordan Travis without him showing us enough to be confident in. I think we're all riding off of that Oklahoma game, that bowl game. And I think that everyone's head is so caught up in that high that we're not paying attention to the fact that he didn't play great and they lost in those early games in the season that were important for them to be in the ACC championship conversation. All right, hold on, because I exited this out. Hold on, because I had it pulled up, because I knew we were going to talk about him. Um, so, look, they lost to Clemson by six while this is being pulled up. Joe, I, I understand what you're saying in reference to him losing to Clemson, mm -hmm. but it's also Clemson. The thing for me is he went 24-42, okay? He threw for two uh, a quarter, you know, uh, a quarter and a zero, and he threw for two touchdowns. He did not do bad. Okay, so – But they still lost – he still lost yeah, NC State. Yeah, but they Wake didn't Forest. lose because of him, though. They did not lose because of him. I know. I'm not, I'm not blaming him, but, again, is to be in a top – high on a top ten list, you need to be 
pulling your team in and winning well, football games for your team. Let me just say this now. Let me just say this. Uh-huh. He ain't playing those teams on the road this year. And I hope the results are he different. My whole point is road. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Well, well, he went on the road, though, Joe, and really made Florida State a contender half beginning of the season, then halfway through the season. I, I think the LSU thing, you could say the LSU beat themselves. They fumbled two punt returns. We remember the first game under Brian Kelly. Like we, I get all that. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna see who the real dog is in, in week one. But man, he's one of the best third down passers in the country. You know who was one of the better third down passers in the country more than Caleb Williams and Drake May? Dude, Jordan it, Travis. It was Jordan Travis. That's elite. I'm telling you, dude. Joe, talk to any GM scout in the world. And they will tell you if a guy has subliminal, like just average stats, but lights it up on uh, on third down, ask your buddy at the Rams. Ask the Rams why they really took Stetson Bennett. Was it the two-time national champion? Yeah, maybe a little. But when he's throwing for 75% completion percentage on third down, that's important. It's a big deal. Just want to be cool on Jordan Travis because, man, they got some dudes over there now. I think we just need to be careful. All right, let's transition really quick, Joe, before we got to get out of here. In case everybody missed it, the college football playoff expansion has dates now. Okay? So, the 2024 playoff dates, the first round, I do love this. Okay, let me me make this. The only thing that I love about expansion is this. Mm -hmm. The first round is going to be, there's going to be four games. All of them are at home meaning for the, the higher-seeded team. Yeah. Man, could you imagine, arguably, this is what it could have been like. Could you have imagined Ohio State going to Tuscaloosa in round one? That would have been a completely different animal. That's going to be – that's really cool. I See, that's one of the aspects of this that I really love is that we are getting these home games because we've never seen this before. We've never, we've never seen it. Unless my – obviously, I'm too young to remember no, I mean, Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't, didn't play SEC teams. They played Oklahoma. Well, remember when Baker put the flag in the middle of the field? Yeah, my point is, though, is that we don't have any playoff games or conference championship games at home played at- on home soil ever, ever. Well, and let me tell you, Joe, when – so LSU – Every year that the national championship has been in the Superdome and the Sugar Bowl, LSU's been there every year. Do you understand how raucous it is when Ohio State comes into town, when Clemson comes in? The state shuts down. We oh, make yeah. a national holiday or state holiday, okay? I do love that. Here's where things start getting off the rails a little bit. The Fiesta Bowl – the Peach Bowl, the Rose Bowl, and the Sugar Bowl are all going to be played on a Tuesday and Wednesday. Now, I know that I'm not necessarily going to object to that because it's New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Yeah. But I don't like what they're going to continue to go on with this. The semifinals is played on a Thursday and Friday, and then the national championship game is played on a Monday. I, as much as I love – as much as I love this, right? Like I love the the home home game appearances. I hate uh, 
the the our midweek games or you know Thursday games. Let me tell you what else is something. If I'm a fan of a team and they play away in, in round one, away in round two, and away in round three, let me tell you something, buddy. I'm not going to a couple of those games. There's no way in hell I can – the normal fan can't afford that. No. Well, yeah, because, I mean, this whole thing is a luxury item to, to go and attend to. But one thing that does piss me off is that everyone has griped about that Monday national championship game. It is one of the worst scheduled things in all of sports. It's somehow worse than the Super Bowl being played on a Sunday, which at least has reasoning behind it because Super Bowl Sunday has always been a thing. Well, and but you had an opportunity to change Sunday, this. Joe. I mean, right. Let's play on Sunday. You had an opportunity to fix this and put it on a Saturday. I, I don't care that it goes head to head, to head with, with NFL games. People will watch it. I want to be able to sit and go to a bar and enjoy watching it and not feel like it's Tuesday tomorrow in the middle of the work week. Like, I don't want that. I, I, I just, there was such an opportunity here and they failed horribly with that but i think these remaining points that you brought up um i i can't complain with with them doing the new year's eve new year's day thing i think that that needs to be maintained the thursday friday is also very strange i will i will uh second that yeah i don't like it joe you you do know as an example mm-hmm. the normal human being would have to take off like a wednesday thursday and friday take off a whole week to go travel to that to go travel to that, right? And that's not, you know, I, I mean, it's not like it. I mean, I know it's in southern states, okay? So it kind of is easier for southern people. But if mm-hmm. I'm Ohio State, I am re- re- yelling at the rafters. What do you mean I got to go to Florida or Dallas? You know, so I, I, I would have liked if you're going to make these games – I know you got to make the bowl stuff, but man, it would have been more nicer if you could have been home and home or home games. But that's just me, man. I just don't like it. I don't like the changes yeah. they're making because they're all Rudy Poos. They'll continue to be Rudy Poos. Yeah, they're trying to line their pockets in any way that they can, and I, I just I hope that after this first round of scheduling, maybe they make some adjustments. I just all I want I can put up with the rest of it as long as they move that Monday game. Well, here's the thing, too, Joe. Here's the thing that we have not talked about. What about recruiting? Right. If you're one of those teams that's playing in the playoff, it's you're now at a significant disadvantage in recruiting. You're now at a very significant disadvantage. Yeah. Very dis. You know what they should do? If early signing day is December 18th, okay, mm-hmm. they should make it a no-contact period from December the 20th to January the 20th. Right, I wonder if there is – because that was one of the things that was brought up throughout this past cycle is with the transfer portal opening up, with the no-contact signing day, the early signing day period, it's really effed up if you're one of these top teams. Like, how are you supposed to stay caught up with this? So, maybe if they're going to oh, schedule you know it out this way. Do? Let me tell you what, what they're going to do. They're going to hire as many recruiting staff people as they can. Yeah, I guess, I mean, if you're making extra money, you got to do that. Well, you got to do that. We'll see. All right, buddy. It's been a right. really, really good show. Back Monday. Back Monday. Hopefully, 
eventful things happen so we can come in here and talk about it. But until then, <laughs> I'm sure there will be. Wait and see. I like our list, man. I like our list. I just think I that I, need to, I, I belong to be the commissioner of sports, not our college football, not Josh Pate. By the way, <laughs> I talked to our buddy, Josh Pate. Oh, um, we might be doing a little crawfish bowl. The Pate State Crawfish Bowl is what I hear. In, in what way? I don't know. It's for me to know, and you all find out. If we do it, all proceeds and earnings will go to the charity of our choices. Splitting three ways. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see right. it. Till then, we'll see y'all tomorrow, or see you Monday. Monday. <laughs> this is my other show. See y'all Monday, guys. Peace.